Get your business together. Get yourself into what you do and see it through. Being boss is hard. Blending work and life is messy. Making a dream job of your own isn't easy. But getting paid for it, becoming known for it, and finding purpose in it is so doable. If you do the work. Being Boss is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs brought to you by Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Hi, I'm Emily, and I own Indie Shopography, where I help passionate entrepreneurs establish and grow their business online by helping them build brands that attract and websites that sell. I help my clients launch their business so they can do more of what they love and make money doing it. And I'm Kathleen. I'm the co-owner of Braid Creative, where I specialize in branding and business visioning for creative entrepreneurs who want to blend who they are with what they do, narrow in on their core genius, and shape their content so they can position themselves as experts to attract more dream clients. And Being Boss is a podcast where we're talking shop, giving you a peek behind the scenes of what it takes to build a business, interviewing other working creatives, and figuring it out as we go right there with you. Check out our archives at lovebeingboss.com. Welcome to episode number 36. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. In today's episode, we're going to talk about procrastination, feeling overwhelmed or scared, and how to not be a lazy entrepreneur, but all without burning out or feeling like you have to be perfect before you can do the work. Just this morning, I got an email from a creative entrepreneur who said they were excited to make the leap from day job to building their own dream job, but felt totally overwhelmed by the money side of things. I think often creatives use this as an excuse, but really all you need is FreshBooks. You don't have to have a degree in accounting to use FreshBooks because it actually guides you through the process of billing your client from estimate to invoice, and it helps you easily capture and organize your expenses in tax-friendly categories. It's like it's doing all the work for you. I'm also a big fan of the customer service FreshBooks provides, not only in helping me troubleshoot any issues I'm having, but they're super proactive and constantly updating their services to fit your needs. Just this morning, I got an email saying you can now accept partial payments, which is something my business really needed. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use online cloud accounting designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs who did not major in financing. They are there to help you run your business and make you look like a pro while doing it. Try FreshBooks for free today. Go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and select being boss in the how did you hear about us section. All right, so today's episode is all about getting your ass in gear and doing the work without burning out. And we've got Tommy Walker from Shopify here to chat with us about jumping in and talking about what it takes to be a successful creative entrepreneur. And okay, so we're Skyping right now, and Tommy literally just took like a swig of beer. I, I know, I saw that. <laughs> Pointing that out. We were meant to be friends. <laughs> All right, so it's funny because Tommy emailed us, and we usually we haven't been responding to a lot of cold requests to come on the podcast. It's usually through um, friends or mutual friends that we get people on the show. But we were kind of interested in Tommy's story. Um, and but we hopped on Skype last week to chat a little bit, and it came down to this. Like just to wrap up our conversation that we had last week, um, whenever it comes to being a successful creative entrepreneur, it's about raising the bar every time, meeting your deadlines, not getting too precious about the work, and mentoring other people, and that how that helps you grow. And I was like, that is pretty boss. 
So, um, Tommy, we're glad to have you on the show and to chat about these points a little bit more. But first, tell us about yourself a little bit. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be on the show. Um, so, I'm Tommy Walker. I am the editor-in-chief of the brand new Shopify Plus blog. Um, we deal with uh, enterprise-level uh, conversion rate optimization and high-growth problems. Um, and it's very cool to be there uh, primarily because six years ago I was living in a boarding house and got my start with my business uh, on a broken laptop. Um, Wait, what does that mean, boarding house? What are you talking so, about? So I rented a room out of a house with other uh, people who were also renting rooms out of a much <laughs> gotcha. bigger house. Yeah, it, like there was there was um, there was a guy whose legs were purple, and um, uh, like <laughs> just really transient people, um, really great people, uh, really great, lovely folks. Um, but everybody there was like, you know, it was like three hundred bucks a month. So that comes with a bunch of other stuff uh, when you can only afford three hundred dollars a month in rent. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I got my start. I started my business um, with a with a laptop that was just barely functioning, and um, and and in a boarding house with three hundred dollars a month in rent. I was like, when I started my business, I was actually scraping in between the couch cushions to like get fifty cent you know, star crunches at the, at the local convenience store to be able to like, say I ate something that day. Like it was bad. I know it's so funny because whenever we're having conversations with creatives, sometimes the struggles are not that like it's, it takes perspective. Right. Right. And, um, and I think that your story is oh not, not exactly like Emily's, but where you put in the hustle and did the work because you had to, yeah. You were relying on it. You had to pay the bills with it. Your family's relying on it. Um, whereas I come from a position where if I couldn't pay the bills for a couple months, it's not a super big deal because I'm married and fortunately have a supportive partner who could cover the bills if I couldn't. That said, I'm a boss and I make my own money. But I just wanted to talk today about how there's lots of different spectrums of, I guess, motivation to do the work. And, um, okay, so we wanted to talk a little bit today about, and this came out of our conversation last week, Tommy, which is whenever you're just feeling lazy, um, how to get over that so you can do the work. So obviously paying your $300 a month rent on your boarding room is a great way to get over feeling lazy. Um, but I want to know now today in present time, you're the editor in chief of Shopify, and everyone's doing pretty well for themselves. Yep. Um, so I'm curious. I want to know, when do you guys feel the most lazy? Oh, gosh. For me, it's when when everything's going right, right? And I'm in a position now, like, I have to struggle against that. I struggle against that because everything is going right now. Like, I've got a team, and people are producing content, and, and everything is good. They're all super talented. And the – for me – it's it's this now I have my my big challenge is going. I've got this part of the process down really well. How do I improve on another area? Right? What are some challenges? Like it was much easier to stay motivated for me when it was like, you know, we're not going to make rent next month, and I need to put out three 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 or four articles for two hundred bucks a piece in order to make the rent and like now it's 18 hour days and like hustle 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 right because it's like you had a really clear objective and it yeah. was really concrete whereas now it's more about kind of refining systems probably. yeah exactly 
Exactly. I mean, part of it's part of it's refining the system. So my challenge now, like I'm a horribly disorganized person, um, like <laughs> like you can't see what my desk looks like right now, and that's by design um, because I keep this area where you can actually like where the camera goes. That looks clean. Everything around me is a mess. Um, and and for me, the big challenge right now is knowing that I'm leading a team of people is to design systems um, that make it so I can keep everybody managed and keep it all managed uh, because it's either that or I'm going to be overwhelmed by work in a week, right? And I have a family. I've got two kids now. I've got, you know, my wife. We spend more time together. Um, kids are getting older. And to me, that challenge is no longer like pay the rent and pay the bills to stay alive. Now it's like I have to keep on top of my systems and processes in order to uh, make sure that my quality of life once I get home is going to be better, right? Like, I don't want my kids to just see me, like, working on my laptop at home because I didn't manage to schedule my meetings the right way earlier in the day. That's not their fault. You know? Right. So, you know, that's that's a big part of it for, for me now is, like, the, the challenge of getting that stuff in order um, is what kind of keeps me motivated. And I'm constantly looking for new ways to add on top of that as well. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but I find that that like adding on top of things is what makes me feel the most lazy too. Like I've got a good daily grind going now. Like you get up, yep. you get shit done, come home, hang out, do what you got to do at home, cook, have fun, rest, watch some TV, go to bed, do it all again the next day. But it's <laughs> it's whatever I have to. So whenever I have to figure out what those next steps are, it all becomes a little overwhelming and that's when I start feeling lazy is when when I again when I know that there are new things to implement so that I can keep going to the next level um that's when my laziness sets in like I'd rather just do my day-to-day -day sometimes and keep on going but having bigger goals and wanting to do more things it's a lot of work and it makes me want to just lay in bed and not do anything <laughs> right yeah, I definitely feel I I'm with you guys I think I feel the laziest around my own project. So I can always meet my client deadlines 100% of the time. But that means that oftentimes I'm putting my own work last or I get some serious procrastination going whenever it comes to just doing my own projects. And I would say it really comes down to implementing new systems. I feel so lazy around that. In fact, um, our braid assistant just sent me a video on a new CRM, which is a customer retention customer management. relationship manager. What is customer that? relationship <laughs> management system? There so we go. Basically, Kathleen gets really lazy around acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Um, so we definitely have, after four years of being in business, have found the need to refine our systems as we grow and uh, and it exhausts me <laughs> yeah so but even things like writing our own e-course or emily you and i have plans around being boss and that stuff's not yeah, happening lazy about something. i don't know if it's because we're lazy or if we're just crunching out all the well, other stuff well let me let me flip the tables on you for a second right um what would it be why is that happening like if it because it's really easy to put 
you know, I'm not being lazy. I'm just focusing on other things. But that means you're not prioritizing something else. Like something else is always getting priority over the thing that you're procrastinating on. And the question is, is what is it mentally that's holding you back about it? And the other, the second part of that is, is it something that truly doesn't need your attention right now? Does it need to grow right now? Does it need to happen or have that attention at the moment? No, I mean, I think Kathleen and I are both procrastinating. And maybe maybe we should change the theme of this whole episode from lazy because none, I feel like none <laughs> of us are actually very lazy. Um, I know. But, you know, I think that it's something that a lot of creative, creative entrepreneurs feel. Yeah. I think that whenever we feel like we're prioritizing other things – I think sometimes we feel bad for feeling bad or we feel like we're being lazy or not working hard enough. At least that's how I am. And I think it comes from a place of perfectionism Mm. whenever it's really. And so I think that's what leads to burnout. So really, probably I imagine that this episode we're going to be talking about avoiding burnout because, okay, sorry, I'm going to go off on a (laughs) tangent here a little bit. Whenever people say, just do your best. I'm like, okay, my best is way up here. Like, I know I can do better every single time, every single day, every single project, every single podcast. I know I can do better. So do I beat myself up about it or do I just hunker down and do the work? And I think like Tommy said, kind of prioritize and feel good about my decisions, about why I'm putting certain things in priority over others. Um, So yeah. But I think it translates to feeling lazy a lot of times. I think so, too. And priority here definitely is the thing. Because if you are feeling lazy, it's because you're not doing what you should be doing. I think that feeling of laziness comes afterwards when you realize that you wasted time doing something you shouldn't be doing. And whether that's being truly physically lazy and just, like, hanging out with Netflix or if it's answering emails when you should have been doing client projects. I think laziness comes whenever you look back and realize that you didn't prioritize something correctly. Um, so in that, whether whether or not you're, you're lazy looks like my Sundays, or <laughs> you're lazy looks like Kathleen's Monday mornings, um, I think it's all about prioritizing, and that that's the key to not being lazy. Prioritize your shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's, there's there's also a difference, and I think um, I think you were starting to touch on this a little bit earlier. Is that um, it's all relative, right? Like mm-hmm. you can you can feel lazy but still be productive. Like it's all important stuff. And and for me, like I, I before I ever got into marketing, I went to uh, acting conservatory, and there was something that one of my teachers said that's always stuck out with me. And he's like, "You're not always going to reach your high bar." He's like, there's a reason why it's the high bar and you're never going to beat it every time. The goal for you is not to reach your high bar every time and try to beat it every time. The goal for you is to be so good that your low bar is higher than the other guy's high bar. And and I think that that's great because uh, for me, what that's done is that that's made it so when I have the, the systems that I create, Right, like I have this whole process in Trello right now where I manage six different writers at the same time, and and we have this whole process for moving content and making sure that content is developed and on point, and we can communicate with each other on that. For me, it's knowing that that process is in place. So even if I am having a lazy day, I'm not like searching through my inbox and going like, oh, what was that article that so and so sent me, and blah blah blah. Like, no, I've got a process in place that makes it so even on my worst day. 
I can still keep track of all that stuff, and I'm still in a much better position than any of the other editors that people might be working with. Um, so, and I might feel lazy that day, but there's a there's a backup system in place. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I love having. I mean, Emily and I are definitely process oriented in our own work, and for sure, having a process, at least for me, eliminates the fear of is this project, is the client going to like this project? Because I can just rely on the process. So I think I feel lazy whenever it comes to creating the process in the first place. Yes. <laughs> Which for me right now, I've got my creative processes down. Now it's kind of rewinding and backing into some more of the organizational processes. I'm excited to see what comes out of this, Kathleen. Out of this episode? No, out of you systemizing all your other things. Rates are going to become a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. So I have a question then. How do you get in the right mindset to raise the bar every time or to kind of raise the low bar at least a little bit higher every sure. time? Sure. So uh, in order to really answer that, though, I have to look back at because uh, it's different now and I'm, I'm redefining this now because I've got I'm at a different point in my career. Um, when I was, uh, about four years into my career, um, I had gotten to the point where I, I had had client processes and I had BS filters. So I didn't, you know, have the wrong type of client working with me and wasting my time. And I ended up having uh, somebody work with me that got through all of the BS filters and made it. So we had to, um, you know, they ended up doing half payments and then that second half of the payment ended up coming a little bit later. And then, um, and then just not at all. So I had to fire the client and I was in no position in order to do that. I had, you know, I was, my wife was expecting, um, we had already had a son. We were miles away from civilization and, um, and I had tried applying for other jobs. Wait, just wait, regular. can I pause you for a second? Sure, Why ahead. were you miles away from civilization? Just because, so there was, there was some, there was a situation, um, within my family, uh, where it was a housing situation and that fell through. Um, so you guys were like living in the woods. Yeah, we were, well, we were, we were about a mile away from the beach, but like two or three miles away from any place that actually had any, like we weren't within walking distance of anything. And before we had gotten into this situation, um, we were right within the downtown area. So even if something like the car broke down, we could still walk to a downtown area and get groceries on our own, for example. Um, so I exaggerate a little bit when I say we were miles away from, or when we were when we were in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't quite that bad, but it was not. Expect Kathleen to call. Yeah, 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 no, that's fine. That's all I have. No, I'm just trying to like visualize this, like you, like living in I don't know a tent yeah. or a cabin. It was close. It was actually it was really close. The um the house that we were in was built in the 1930s. It had no insulation. We were in coastal Maine, um so. We were in a we were in a really weird situation where we were actually um, thinking about going into a tent. Like we were we were in the at that place where we were contemplating the merits of you know moving a family of three almost four into a tent in the campground in order to save money uh, to to like get into a better position. Like it was that bad because we were living off of, I think like $2,000 a month, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I'm like, I'm the only person making money. So at the time, um, wow. so anyways, we started, 
I looked for jobs. I looked for regular jobs. I thought my, my consulting career was over. I thought it was done. Um, and I was looking for jobs. And, you know, gas station work and, uh, you know, lead generation for Home Depot, all of these jobs, they all said no. And the reason they said no was because I had been working for myself for so long that it was uh, somebody who had been working for some, like working with another company, working for the company for a long time. They had better uh, qualifications because they had already been working for the man for a while. So, um, so my only option at that point was to uh, write articles for 200 bucks a pop and then get them out as fast as possible. So to go back to the original question of how do you, how do you keep that you know, process going, my back was against the wall when that was happening because there were no other options. So for me, raising that bar every time was literally a matter of like, am I going to get paid or not? And, uh, and it was, you know, I couldn't t spend the time in a lengthy editorial process in order to get an article approved to get for publication. Right. So I needed to make sure that there were minimal revisions necessary for the next thing to get approved and to keep going. And for me, that made it so my process moving forward um, and has continued through to today has made it so I do the best work I can on the first draft, right? I do the, like, because I don't have time to just, and I didn't have time to wait two or three days because even if I submitted an article at that time, that doesn't mean that they're going to get to it right away. Right. So it might be three or four days before I even hear anything back. So that's where it was for me. My back was against the wall and it was literally a matter of like life or death. Are we going to be able to get groceries? Like, can we pay these bills? Are we going to be able to fill the oil tank? It's wintertime in Maine and we're live like we live off the we lived off the coast of Maine. So it was cold. Um, and, and that's what it was. And today it's a little bit more difficult because today I'm salaried. Right. Today, I don't have that. Right. Um, so. But do you still find, I mean, I find this whenever I start getting sloppy and making mistakes, I'm like, okay, it, it's kind of a clue to step back and see what's going on. So it still even happens in my work um, where I forget to email someone or things more often than not start falling through the cracks. And it means that, um, even though I feel like I'm working more, I'm not working very efficiently. Right. I think there's a lot to say there too about how productivity and not laziness comes from facing your own music mm -hmm. a little bit, like actually not ignoring what's going on in your life or what's going on in your business. Because I think whenever things start going south, we tend to like turn a blind eye and hope that it kind of fixes itself or, or that's where we just start getting lazy because we don't see how we're going to be able to fix it, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and I think that that productivity and getting shit done happens when you actually look at the reality of what's happening or what you want to accomplish and you do the work to make it do because that's huge. I mean, I feel like so many of us, are starting these businesses from a place of, um, I don't want to call it desperation because that's even, that's a little more negative than I want to do it. But necessity, just simple necessity of you have skills, you can sell skills and make money and live. And I think that, that facing that truth and, and finding that your necessity to do that, whether it is money 
or whether it's finding creative freedom or financial freedom or what, whatever it is. Um, it's facing your own music. It's, it's realizing the position you're in now and doing the work to get you out of that position or at least to where you want to be in the future. I think that's, that's huge to just realize. Look at where you are now. And if you don't want to be there, work to get out of it. <laughs> you know, I think that one of the things that you were saying, Tommy, about just that desperation of paying the mortgage and paying the bills, I actually still, even though I was never in a place where I was living in a tent in the middle of the woods by a beach, as like that kind of sounds like my dream right now. Sounds not to glamorize right it. I mean, I know your situation was not dreamy. But um, I do still hold the standard in place, at least just to get things started, of what can I do to make $100 today? Yeah. Even though my projects are much more than $100, sometimes it's as simple as writing an email. Or even more recently, I found that we weren't closing on a lot of client deals. And so, like Emily suggests, my sister, who is my business partner, we really faced our own music and we were like, what's happening in our client onboarding process? Have we made this too complicated? Have we right. given our potential clients too many hoops to jump through? And so we've put a lot of rules and processes in place, but now we're breaking them a little bit to uh, kind of to get a new perspective on them. Like maybe we need to break this a little bit to see how we can do it better. Right. Um, but still going back to that, how to make how can I make $100 today still brings that kind of sense of hustle back into um, my job. It's hustle, but it also brings a sense of ownership of like you are the one who owns your destiny, <laughs> basically. Like if you are struggling with laziness, that's on you. So if you need to like have the idea of, you know, making $100 a day to just get you up and get you going, then use that. I think that's huge. One of my favorite ways to look at this and my favorite way to get in the mindset of, of just get the hell up and do what you got to do is that time passes anyway. I mean, whether you are sitting on the couch or if you're hustling something out, the time will pass. So you might as well make something of it. Um, because other, like if you don't, you will get nothing at the end. But if you're working, when you get to the end, you'll have something to show for it. And I'd much rather have something to show for it than, you know, wad ass and having <laughs> all of my Netflix checked off. Like... <laughs> That's what I would prefer. <laughs> I use that philosophy whenever it comes to building my six pack. There you go. There you go. Do it. <laughs> my 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 wife is actually my biggest inspiration when it comes to this type of stuff because when we were in that position of like like one of the things for us is like my car had broken down, right? The engine in our car had blown and I had said we're not relying on family members in order to get us out of this situation. So I had a very tangible financial goal of like we need to get $5,000 saved up while also living in order to get that going. Um, my wife, though, like something that was was brilliant about this time, like she's she's in the fortunate position or uh, it depends on how you want to look at it, actually, because she stays at home with the kids, right? She stays at home. And yeah, that um, sounds awful. <laughs> God bless her. I, like, I, 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 I love her to death and, and I, I appreciate every minute that she does what she does. Um, because it is hard, hard, hard work. And I do not take that for granted even a little bit. Um, 
the thing that she had done at the time was that she she really was looking to do she wanted like an interesting like this really neat baby carrier right and what she had done was she reverse engineered how much money she needed in order to get it and then looked at the different ways that she could have earned that money given the skill set that she had and the resume and time and everything else that kind of went into that and um one of the things she ended up doing was looking at enturk uh to get like transcription jobs right these are not very good paying gigs, but she did enough of them that when she got the money to to buy the thing that she wanted, it was way more symbolic and way more meaningful to be able to do that. And and I think that if you're feeling lazy and you're feeling like you're complacent and like you're relying on your processes and all of that stuff, like working towards that goal and then reverse engineering it from there to say how many how many you know how many things do I need to do in order to get to this place, right? Yeah, and you know what I love about this is that um, your wife was really specific in what she wanted. Oh, she yeah. specifically wanted this baby carrier. And I think that's something that happens in creative entrepreneurship is that as you raise the bar and you hit some goals, you start becoming complacent and getting specific about what you want. Because also, whenever you first start, it's like you, Tommy, I just need to make the rent. Or I just need to get one freaking client. So it is about getting really specific about what you want. And so even more recently. And for, why you want it. And why you want it. Like that's, to me, that was always bigger. It wasn't, it wasn't just a matter of going like, um, you know, I need to be able to get out of the boarding house. It's like, I need to be able to get out of the boarding house and also have a place that has a washer and dryer. Right. And like very specific stuff around that because it's like quality of life not just like hey let's let's get out of where we are but let me get to where i really want to be um what are some habits and routines that you have to um be a badass creative entrepreneur and to manage a team of six people for shopify uh my habits are terrible <laughs> um my habits are ab- absolutely <laughs> kathleen and Skip i can that teach question. you a thing or two yeah, no my 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 habits are terrible my processes are immaculate um, and my processes are immaculate because my habits are terrible. Um, so for example, I have a, a system in Trello that I use, um, where it's like, if you, you, you start on the left side of the board where we're talking about, you know, article ideas and the idea is to move it all the way to the right side of the board where it's like done and scheduled and ready for production. And in between those two steps are things like for review and there's a labeling system that we use and I have, we use the comments to go back and forth and things like that. Right. And that makes it so when I look at my email, my email is not also trying to be my content management system and, and my communication system with my writers, right? That works really well. Um, I, have, I have a way that I break down uh, my Google Drive to make it so I don't have 100 images in one folder called images. It's in a folder that's broken down by like month, by article, by year, like... And, and into a very specific folder that it, there might only be 10 images in that folder, but those are the only 10 images that are relevant to that piece, right? Um, and, and I do that. I, do, I create those processes. They're very specific to me right now because I am terrible with habits. <laughs> like if, if, I, if, I were, if you were to say to me, like if you were to take all of this stuff away and like rewind back two years ago and say, okay, you've got six people to manage, I'd be done in two weeks. I'd, I'd be, it'd be terrible because I'm like, I don't know how to talk to, you know, these people or schedule these conversations. And now like I live and die by my calendar. And I'll be honest, like we didn't put, we didn't do a calendar invite for today's meeting. 
And like two hours ago, I was like, oh, shit, I have a podcast interview today. (laughs) And like, it's important to me. But because I don't have that process in place and I didn't follow the technique that I have in order to like keep track of that, I was like, oh, like, you know, writing down my notes of things that I wanted to cover and and all of this. Oh, that's funny. I So I'm kind of the opposite of you where my habits and discipline are pretty impeccable, but my processes, especially when it comes to (laughs) content management systems, are not on par. But like you, I live and die by my calendar. So this was in my calendar. I just, for me, I will manage the calendar of myself and my team, but usually not externally because most people have their own calendar systems. Right. That's on you, Tommy. Uh, Well, no, it it totally (laughs) is. It it totally is. I just didn't. And usually my process is to go, hey, can you shoot me a calendar invite? And I didn't do that. So like, so there was just that moment where I had that moment of panic. And then I'm like, this is totally unnecessary stress within my day, but it's totally cool. Okay, but let me ask you this. How did you how did you figure out that we had the podcast interview if you hadn't had it in your calendar? What point did you realize? Were you like, oh, yeah. I opened up Skype. <laughs> I opened up Skype and saw your contact info. And then I was like, let me backtrack in my email. And it was just this whole process where I'm like, I, I, I panicked unnecessarily for like 10 minutes because I didn't take two minutes the last time to go, hey, can you shoot me a calendar right. invite? Right. So when that for me, that's the habit. And if I if I forget to do that habit, then I don't have the process in place afterwards. And I had like two phone calls that came in today that also weren't in my calendar. And we had scheduled them in LinkedIn. And I didn't say at the you say in LinkedIn because it's like I'm getting sloppy. Right. I didn't say in LinkedIn, hey, can you shoot me a calendar invite at my email address? Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, totally cool. We'll meet on Wednesday at 2 o'clock. And then I'm like, Wednesday's 2 o'clock and someone's calling me. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Who is this? Like, why do you have my phone number? Oh, it's Everett. Okay. I, I, I think that there's an important thing to note here that systems are important and habits are important. But they're really only important when you have them both at the same time. <laughs> yes. Or they're really most important yes. when you're doing both at the same time. Because, like, systems are great. I mean, you will hear Kathleen and I preach systems like crazy all the time. It is what makes all the things that we do even possible. I mean, I would be sitting here, like, spinning my wheels constantly if I did not have systems in place to do what we do. But if you don't have the habits to, like, use those systems every time something happens, then things fall fall through cracks. I think that is... I'm glad that you brought up that you're so bad at habits. I never really thought about it quite like that before. (laughs) Oh, it's awful. It's awful. What about you, Emily? Do you think that, do you feel like you have good habits or do you feel like you have good systems? Both. both? I think. Yeah, I feel like you're both. I definitely both. I could definitely do both better. I'm definitely better at both than most, I think. Um, My big thing with like habits and routines is just just doing it just doing it for me like I actually called David before we got on this on this call and I told him I was like when am I lazy and he was like never (laughs) because like I'm constant like I think I'm pretty much operating on autopilot now like I don't give myself time to even think about being lazy um actually that's a lie I totally I think about being lazy all the time but I don't like I think for me, the biggest habit that you have is just getting up and doing it. And then it's the routines and the systems that you put in place that make it all happen 
better, faster, smoother, more happily. Yeah. That's one of the things that um, Paul Jarvis told us, or maybe it was on his podcast. Either way, one of the things our boss boyfriend, Paul Jarvis, said was to schedule everything in advance. Because once it's scheduled, then it's just happening. So he schedules out his newsletters. And I feel like we're definitely in that place and in that flow. And anyone who is accountable to deadlines and getting things done is going to have that in place. Um, so I'm down with scheduling everything because like you, Emily, I don't have time to even make the decision to not do the work because it's already in my calendar. Yes. Yeah. Just this morning was one of those days. Actually, no, that was yesterday morning. Yesterday morning was one of those days where I very easily could have not gotten out of bed. Like we're trying to buy a house. We got an email that made me mad. (laughs) So I really just wanted to be lazy all day. Um, but I couldn't, like, I couldn't even bring myself to, to do that because I have things to do and I have people expecting me to get up and do things and other people who hold hold me accountable, but also me holding myself accountable. And I think, I think that's probably a really big key there is I don't think people hold themselves accountable quite as much as they should. I think people, a lot of people expect accountability from outside forces, from either your family or your boss or your kids or whatever. And I think that you give away too much of your personal power when you expect everyone else to hold you accountable. But if you hold yourself accountable to be boss as fuck, you are going to get up and do it. Yeah, I want to add, add to that, too. Because Preach that's, it. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Um, as we move more towards distributed teams and, and you know, the linchpin metho- like methodology and, like, that whole scenario, like, we don't work and we're not going to be working in a world where your boss dictates everything that you do to you, like companies, and I work for a, a very fast-growing startup, companies do not want somebody that they have to handhold the entire time. Clients don't want to have somebody that they have to handhold the entire time. I was just talking to this about some, with, talking about this kind of in a roundabout way with somebody the other day. They were like, "I don't give my clients a ton of options because they expect me to be the expert. They expect me to know." what it is, what the best option for them is based on the stuff that they are talking about. And I think that that's, that's great. Um, and, and, and the more accountable you hold yourself, the further you're going to get in our modern working world, right? You know, it's so funny because I think that a lot of the appeal of a day job is security. And right now, as we're talking about this, I'm seeing that the link with security might not actually be that regular paycheck or someone else paying your taxes for you. It might be that accountability part. So I want to actually unpack this a little bit and talk about what are ways that people can hold themselves accountable. So for me, it's my calendar. My calendar and scheduling everything holds me accountable Um, Probably also my family on a personal level. I want to be... Okay, so one thing that holds me accountable as a parent is this idea that I want to show my son how cool it is to be an adult in this world. So I have to live a cool life. I can't sacrifice everything to be a good mom. I'm putting that in quotes. Because then it means that I'm not being a cool adult. And that's really my primary job for him. So anyway, but going back to being a creative entrepreneur, what are some other ways that we can hold ourselves accountable? I think you cultivate responsibilities that bring you joy. 
hearing brand values and, and company values and everything. And for me, it's it's this you know bigger position. It's it's more global than just you know doing something for my son, but it's doing something that will bring change into the world. Um, the thing I love about responsibilities that bring you joy. Yeah, it's it's a responsibility that brings me joy, but it's also <laughs> like. I, I, I am fortunate enough, and I'm, I, I promised I wouldn't do the big company plug, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to, but it's hard at this point. <laughs> you, can, you can plug it. It's funny, okay. because whenever you first contacted us, I was like, what, what are you selling? What's the what are you point? Doing? What are you like, trying no. to do? Why do you want to come on this podcast? You're like, nothing. I just want to chat. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I know, but yeah, so, talk about it. So for me, like working for a company like Shopify is amazing because we make the technology to sell stuff online a million times easier. And when you get the customer at the end of the day, they're yours, right? You do this with something like Amazon or eBay. And at the end of the day, you don't even have permission to contact a customer after they've bought from you because that's Amazon's customer. That's eBay's customer. That's Etsy's customer. And for me, like my world I don't know what the hell I would have done if it wasn't for WordPress, right? And this is this is obviously very different companies and they're competing technology now and, and all of that. But like the reality of the situation is, is my words never would have gotten out to other people in the world and I would have never been in the position that I'm in now if I didn't have a platform in order to do that on. And it's very cliche to, and I realize how cliche it is in some ways to say like, oh, the internet changed my life. Um, but it wasn't the internet so much like being able to disseminate the information to a bunch of people. It's not that. It's that I get to work with a platform and help get that platform that can change people's lives out there. And to me, like I see this when I when I talk to people internally, I see this when I talk to people externally. It's it's my position or my 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 thought process and and the way I see the world, right? that makes it so that's unique and it gives me a, a stronger sense of purpose than than just like oh i have to go to work today and i and, and and that's very valuable to me because i know that i can have in some way some impact on the world at large bringing it back into a little bit more concrete area I'm, i manage a team of six people right and if i if i'm not following my processes and 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 if i'm not following if i don't have good habits that day um, I've got some PayPal invoices to pay today. People don't get paid, right? And if I'm not showing their value in the work that, or the value that they're bringing to the table, and I'm not trying to enhance their value, then the company might make a company decision to say they can't. We can't work together with these people anymore because we just don't see the value in it. And and for me, like that's the more tangible uh, sort of thing where it's like, you know, you get if you're working, if you have a team that you work with, like you want to be able to to do well by them and do well by the client, you know? And, and, and that for me is like super valuable too, because I want to be able to take the position that I've put myself in and the work that I've done. And I want to use that to help other people, right? Not just pe like on the day-to-day -day grind work for where people are going to, you know, write for me and we publish articles together and whatever, but also the people who those pieces go out to, right? Like uh, when I was at my last company, people would send in things and be like, thank you so much for the work that you put in um, because it helped me increase my revenues by 300%, right? And like that's allowed them to bring on more people. And I'm like, I got paid $200 for that article, which is not a whole lot. But that sort of like knowing that 
the way that I process the information that I got from other people and the way that I put it out there into the world just with my fingertips and like that's really powerful to me and that that's that's more of like my driving factor um at the end of the day because like it creates a legacy of of some sort and it's really esoteric and and but that's what it is that's what it is for me so yeah no i think that's huge i think that's a really good point there i think whatever like looking at habits and routines to like help you feel productive and keep from being lazy i think i think that gratefulness there is probably one of the hugest ones that none of us even talked about (laughs) um but is is such an important thing like i think if you're feeling lazy if you're feeling unproductive like stopping and being grateful for what it is that you do have or if someone else is grateful for you for something because I know there are some days when um you know organizing things for the podcast or stopping my day to record it can be a little hard but it's like the grateful emails that we get that has me pumped and ready to go to record the next one. I think that, I think that, that, that is such a, such a huge thing. And so whether it's you being grateful to yourself (laughs) or to the things and people around you or having grateful served your way, I think that's such a powerful way to, um, to get out of the, the wheel spinning of laziness and getting back to being productive and realizing why it is that you're doing it. I think finding purpose in what you do is definitely what drives the creative entrepreneur more than anything. And I think getting back to that purpose sometimes when you're having a day where your purpose is above the clouds, (laughs) (laughs) then um, getting back to that purpose is is what makes you get up and do. Well, and then I want to circle back around to Tommy's comment about not getting too precious about the work. So yeah. let's talk about that too, yeah. because then there's the days where it's like, oh, okay, have you guys ever seen um, Wet Hot American Summer yes. with Paul Rudd and no. yes. It's so good. So there's this scene And the Netflix where, series is hilarious too. Okay, I we just started watching it. <laughs> anyway, uh, there, so we were watching the original movie. My husband hasn't seen it, so we were catching up. And there's this scene, and it makes me laugh so hard, where Paul Rudd is in the cafeteria alone, and Janine Garofalo's in there, and he like throws his cafeteria tray of food on the floor, and she's like pick that up. Oh, sorry. She's like, pick that up. And he's like, oh, oh, and like just groaning and like picking up every piece and just like, oh, and sometimes that's how I feel about the work. Like, especially when I feel lazy, like, oh God, do I have to record a podcast now? (laughs) And I stomp into your office. And that's not necessarily getting (laughs) precious about the work, but Maybe a little bit, like taking, like whenever I'm taking myself a little too seriously, which I try to avoid at all costs most days. But um, so, yeah, anyway, let's talk about that a little bit, like <laughs> not getting too precious about the work. What are your views on that, Tommy? I, I, I want to circle back to the to being grateful for just a second and then I'll, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. jump over to that. So one of the things that I do in order to keep myself reminded and grounded, because like there's a big step from, you know, there's a lot of journey that goes from. Um, being fired, you know, over a pair of pants to like running an enterprise team. Um, one of the Wait, things you were fired over a pair of pants with. Yeah, that's that? that's a whole other podcast. We've got like okay, a few minutes left. all right. <laughs> um, the 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 big thing, like living in a boarding house. Let's start there. Um, so there, there's a big jump that goes from there, and um, one of the things that I try to do on a regular basis, just to keep myself grounded, is every single milestone that I I reach. I send a thank you note 
to one of my mentors that helped put the wheels in motion. Um, and I'll give him a plug too, John Morrow. Uh, I took his guestblogging.com program years ago. Like I was in the first run. And that program is one of the things that single-handedly made it so I could like make connections and meet new people and start writing for other blogs and whatnot. And, and that path, even though it might be you know years removed from that now, I, I still know that like the reason I was able to get to where I am now is because of the training I learned then. So I try to make sure I say thank you every time, even if it's been a year or two since the last time I talked to him. Um, it's a magnificent practice. High five. Yeah, yeah. And it's just because I, I try to be grateful for, for all of those steps because I remember where I came from. Right? Like, and that's important. Just to like me. Jenny from the block. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the rocks I ain't got. Um, so, um, so, you so, know, I feel some, I feel, uh, I feel bad whenever anyone brings up thank you notes. I'm the worst about saying thank you. I mean, not, <laughs> I say thank you, but I'm bad about like sending gifts. I'm, like I'm really bad about Whatever, you're awesome, Emily. I've gotten cards. more than one gift in the mail from you, so. <laughs> Oh, I'm good at gifting. I'm bad at thank you cards. I am bad at thank you cards. Chris does my thank you cards officially. That's a system I put in place because I know us that get thank you cards. (laughs) (laughs) For me, that's that's a habit I wanted to get into because I, um, there's, there's, there's this thing in the blogosphere where it's really easy for your head to get inflated, right? Like, no, I've never noticed. Yeah. (laughs) So like... (laughs) For me, I, I went down that path for a while where I'm like, I'm a thought leader and I'm an influencer and people want to get in touch with me to promote their stuff and I can say no and they, they'll never get reach if I don't put it out there. And like, just screw all that. Like, like, I'm like, I, wait, is that true? It's a good thing we have you on this show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like being, reminding myself to go like, say thank you to the people who helped get you here. Like, I still thank the person who, like, when I was, like, at my most depressed, said, you need to get out of the house and go to the Super Bowl party because that's what led me to get my first client. Like, if it wasn't for that, like, and if I don't remember that that's what happened, then it's real easy to just, like, misattribute all of my success to, like, to be thinking that it was all just me. Like, it wasn't just me. It never was all just me. So... You know, uh, I, I love I, that. Yeah, One of the I, things that we always talk about is how you can kind of tap your tribe um, and be bossed by cultivating your creative pack. But maybe in this episode, how about everyone just go and say thank you to someone? Yeah, like that's go, a good way to cultivate your creative pack is just to go say thank you. Just go give back. Like I just I did uh, I did my official blog launch through some of the people within my LinkedIn network that was just like, hey, in some way, you helped get me to this point. And I, I've got one more ask for you right now. And I promise I will never do another please share my post or uh, email again. But like, this is this is like, you helped get me here. And like, that part is so important, because like the internet itself, and, and social media itself has become unfortunately, this big soap, like if I were to look at my Facebook feed right now, it's this big soapbox for people like, talking about causes and there's really little communication beyond like i disagree with your point and i think you're stupid like no that's ridiculous because we now have the ability to collaborate with each other and help elevate each other and if you use the tools that you have available and get outside of your own head for a minute and remember that like everybody knows somebody that can help you get to that point and you're grateful for that and you don't just look at people as you know their connection or their number or their reach and you try to connect on that level then and you remember that as you build up 
one, you're not going to be seen as an asshole later on down the road when you just like walk over everybody to get to that point where you finally want to be. But the other part is you remember that you were just some person at some point who didn't know anybody, right? You're still just some person. Yeah, you're still just some person. You just happen to like, <laughs> people just happen to pay some attention to you, right? Like, and that's, and, and that's something that's very important. I don't remember the question that we started on here. But I think that's a good point to end on. All right, fine. It is. I like it. That's fantastic. So I get really fired up about this stuff. I could go on all day. But like, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's important to be grateful. It's important. Oh, not getting precious about the work. Yeah. It's important to also not self-aggrandize yourself and, and go like, at some point you have to meet your deadline. Right. At some point, you have to release this thing because it's important you get it out there to the world. That does not mean release crap into the world, but that means make sure that you're trying to raise that low bar and and put your best foot forward as best as you can. And within a deadline, that way you can move on to the next thing and meet more people and do more stuff and be cooler and be a boss. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Tommy. How can people... Um, find out more about you or Shopify. Uh, you can find me at Tommy is my name on Twitter, and the Shopify blog that I run is Shopify.com forward slash enterprise. Hey bosses, I'm going to take a second to interrupt this episode to tell you that if you're liking being boss and you're ready to level up your game, we've got something just for you. Check out the Being Boss Bundle. It's Kathleen's DIY Coaching for Creatives and my Get Your Shit Together series bundled together at one low price just for you bosses. You can find that at lovebeingboss.com bundle. If you like being boss, be sure to sign up for our newsletter at lovebeingboss.com where you'll get episode worksheets, secret content, and other goodies delivered straight to your inbox every week. Again, that's lovebeingboss.com. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. All right, thank, thank you guys. You so much. It was fun having you on. It was great. It was. I, I appreciate you taking the chance. Yeah, of course. Oh, we don't do it often. <laughs> we really we, don't. We, we expect a thank you card. I, well, I will. I will send you a thank you card. <laughs> I will. I will get my assistant to. I will. Have, <laughs> and then I'll get my assistant to write all of you thank you yeah, cards. Yeah, 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 no, no. Yes, I'm just me kidding. Too, me no too. one get your assistants to write anyone a thank I'll you card. I don't need it. I'll get with y'all's people the same thing. <laughs> I, will, I will write you a legit thank you card. I just wanted to get my assistant to get your address. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We're all a bunch of assholes is what it is. <laughs> See, once the podcast is over, that's what happens, right? I know, I know. No. Oh, we're still recording. No, we're fantastic. <laughs> they all know we're nuts, I'm sure. <laughs>